Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. And friends, we are back with episode two. And we're also back with our good friend, Sir Jimmy, from the Fantasy Network. How's it going, my friend? Uh, I mean, I just finished the second episode of House of the Dragon, so I'm doing pretty good. I need, I need, um, I don't know. I need a minute. How do you get to watch the uh, post-credit stuff? I just saw, I watched you guys watch it. Yeah. Um, so I missed it. So apparently there's a time jump next week. Is that what we're, is that what it looks like? Yeah. So the preview for next week, um, which I don't, I don't actually want to go too in detail just in case some people who are listening to the podcast don't necessarily want it yeah. spoiled because they want to watch it fresh. Um, but yeah, it does look like we are going to, that we are going to start getting some of the big, bigger time jumps. And, you know, I think it's pretty safe to say uh, just in what you saw by the end of this episode, War of the Step Zones next week is yeah, at least right. beginning because there are some sick shots in there and we're, we are going to have to figure out how we cover that because i am getting married next week and jimmy nez will be here in portland for that episode so <laughs> we're gonna figure that out uh we still we still have to figure out exactly how we're gonna how we're gonna cover that episode it might just be the next day we record something in the morning uh and then it and then it goes up uh same day but nonetheless we are here to talk about episode to the rogue prince so guys episode one it's kind of hard to compare episode two to episode one because episode one wasn't just a great episode it was sort of a showcase of this is what game of thrones is this is what this show is gonna be game of thrones is back this felt more like a episode two or three of a season one through four to five of game of thrones um but we need it you've got to start fleshing out these characters a little bit more doing some building building some suspense giving us plot points that are going to pay off later so that's what this was because i saw some people saying oh you know it's it you know it wasn't there wasn't as much action well if you really go back and watch game of thrones not every episode was like loaded with i mean uh the entire with, first with action no no no, right. no 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 yeah in fact um in fact the one big action point in the first book is cut from the show because they didn't have the budget so Tyrion just gets knocked out before the right. battle even starts so <laughs> yeah 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 exactly but no i thought the episode was good i'm at like a solid eight i felt like for me um solid solid eight out of ten just because episode one was a 10 out of 10 and then to try to compare it to episodes of game of thrones boom solid this is like an eight this is like an eight of ten which is in on game of thrones standards is a very good episode um man some good moments for me really quick before i pass it on i think the moments that stuck out to me the most was rainies and rhaenyra talking 
And Rainey's offering that like sound advice of like, hey, just so you know, they don't want a woman on the throne. No matter what you mm-hmm. kind of think is the is the case, just be ready. Um, it actually kind of reminds me a little bit of you go back to Game of Thrones and like Cersei offering advice even to Sansa early on. Like, just so you know, this is the way things work, regardless of what you believe in your stories and your songs this is the way it actually works yeah yeah, yeah. jimmy what did you think man i mean just like I, big takeaways i actually thought this episode was better than the first one um so the first one has more of the glitz and the glamour uh that we came to love in like the later seasons and showing off of the budget but i thought this was way more of the feel of like earlier game of thrones um i really really enjoyed female agency was explored here as a theme in the second episode uh because masaria uh yeah totally different than the books by the way yeah um yeah. but you know we totally. see her yeah. getting a lot more agency in the story her wanting to be with damon for protection not to fear we see rhaenyra take the reins figuratively and literally and kind of step into her own and start showing that she is a player in the game of thrones uh and then on top of that obviously rainies is there um and then allison doing her thing like it, it's interesting because there's like you can see now that Rhaenyra is kind of being warned not not to play this game and she's going for it. And then a lot of the other women in the episode were being used for other people's, you know, um, advantages or in a position where they didn't have power. So I just thought like a lot of the stuff that came from the female perspectives was really, really good in this episode. And I think it's starting to kind of get into the main theme of the Dance of Dragons and or the dance rather. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think the coolest thing was uh, uh the crab stuff i mean the crab stuff i I was wondering how they pull it off it's like straight out of like a horror movie i thought it was awesome so like from from an actual visual standpoint that the dragon landing on the bridge behind oh yeah that was amazing it was phenomenal um so i was just really impressed with the episode overall for you know having very little action i thought the intensity was there and this is the stuff that i really enjoyed from the earlier seasons of game of thrones but I, i i we could talk more I won't uh, take up any more time, but I do think that there's some significant differences between this and Game of Thrones. And now like, we're starting Definitely. to get that. Yeah, there, there are two different shows completely. And I don't mean canon and all this shit. I just mean like literally how it's done is going to be totally different. Um, but yeah, I thought this was actually better than the first episode. Yeah. So I, I guess you know, just to kind of echo what you guys are saying, I, I thought it was awesome. That was great. The uh, so several of our, our chats blown up, by the way. Uh, shout out to all of them there. But the intensity. Everyone's saying like the intensity was still there and the intensity was there in dialogue, like these, these lines or the, even, even um, just in the acting and in the looks, right. Mm-hmm. Just in Otto Hightower's look, Matt brought it up in, in the episode, this look, this sort of a, a you know, checkmate uh, yeah. to Corliss Valerian, you know, gaze because early on as we're watching it, you know, Matt was bringing up Tywin a little bit and we're thinking like, okay, these guys who play the game, there's different ways to play it. Uh, right. Right. Like, like mm-hmm. kind of keeping everybody in the dark. What are you doing? And it's very, very subtle. It feels very natural. Um, so anyways, I mean, I think auto high tower is, I don't know. Oh. Like it's it, like, like he, again, they're, they're showing that how, how, how powerful dragons are. And we understand what he's setting up here is access to dragons for house high tower, essentially. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's like, I can play that game too. watch me use my daughter to do that very thing. I mean, it's twisted and crazy, but that is literally what's up. That's what's happening. So I felt like just the intensity in terms of these, these uh, moments or even Rhaenyra, you know, going to her uncle and just 
the 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 various like the dialogue was so good it's so rich and it's so intense and there's also they, they let i mean moments sort of you know linger they they let uh the intensity, the atmosphere, kind of get you know. I don't know. Like it's 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 a it's electric. I, I, you can you can feel it watching it because Matt. And I mean, multiple times during our reaction, we're sitting there. We're just like, you know, like we're 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 reacting to just a line delivered by a character, and it's I don't know. I think it's a great indicator of a of a, of a pretty well written episode. Yeah, a lot of the power in in this episode came from the uh, non spoken lines mm-hmm. of like Allison yeah. looking up at Rainier at the end of the episode, um, the swords coming out. On the bridge at Dragonstone, yeah, so oh. tense. Uh, I think Otto Hightower and Damon's interactions are just peak this show right now. Like, I, I really do believe that. Like, I think that those are the, my two favorite people on screen at one time. Yeah, and let me um, just for the sake of uh, just for the sake of, of for the people who are saying, man, there's no action. Um, so this is this graph actually shows uh, number of words per minute for each episode of Game of Thrones seasons one through eight. And it goes down and down and down and down and down. Okay. Well, so, I mean, if you think like peak Game of Thrones is really like season four and stuff like that, and then it just gets lower and lower and lower. And then that big bottom drop right there is actually the uh, long night episode because it's like an hour. <laughs> it's, it's like a, it's, it's, you know, the whatever. It's like just an hour and a half uh, battle scene, which was awesome. Um, but as you can see, right, like, I mean, date, the data shows that the more dialogue, really, in terms of how uh, what was peak Game of Thrones, the better it was. So mm-hmm. I was to- totally fine um, with it being a more dialogue heavy episode. You got it. That's how you build it, and that's what makes those action scenes yeah. that much better. Well, Ger- I mean, Gurm's involvement too really helps. I, 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 you can almost like feel it. I mean, there he's looking over scripts. That's the thing he's been talking about a lot is that he's looking over. He, he looked over multiple scripts, and I feel like. Again, they do have the fire and blood to sort of pull from. We've actually heard uh, direct quotes from that. I mean, Damon last episode and and so on. So I, it feels really good. And I think you're right. Like we have to have this. It, it uh, to me most is I, I guess we're, we're talking about the throne, the Iron Throne, and we're talking about an heir, and we're, we're back to this political kind of maneuvering. And so that's done through politics or gestures or alliances or whatever and so a lot of that comes in in through dialogues which is which is great but then yeah you have these epic moments like like jimmy said when you have uh the the dragon showing up and i mean just i don't know things i didn't expect you know like things that you're sort of like uh, what's auto thinking showing up here and then rhaenyra does her thing it's just uh it was it was subtle it was enough it had its moments it was really good and i'm i'm really pleased i i, I think we all kind of expected an episode where it wasn't going to be super, you know, like war heavy oh, yeah, 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 or, yeah. you know, so yeah. that's coming. That's kind of, yeah. That's, that's coming next. Yeah. yeah there'll be so, plenty of that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So uh, let's go back just a little bit in the episode because something I have been hammering about, you know, that I wanted and we got it. And I was so pleased. I We actually saw the leak. I got it last night. I was like, guys in our, in our group chat, I was like, guys, the episode intro has leaked and Jimmy was like, Matt, I, all caps. I'm super drunk. Send it. And so said <laughs> <laughs> it, said it. And we were all just like, Oh my God, it's back. What do you guys think about it, man? What do you think about the, the new intro? I, I, it's, I love it. I absolutely freaking love it. I'm so, 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 so glad as, and I've talked about it that, 
Um, I'm so glad that they used the same song because if you're trying to build this like Star Wars type thing, which Gurm has said he wants to do, Star Wars, hey, it all starts a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Boom, the song hits. And why I just why would you change it? And that's where I'm at on this intro. Yeah, and the visuals are, you know, are updated and really, really cool. Um, I've seen some people already breaking down what it actually is showing, um, but I, I can't remember it off the top of my head because I've read a million things this week about this show. Uh, but I was glad they stuck with the original uh, intro. It's the most it's I mean, it's arguably the most monumental opening to a show ever. You're never going to top it. Yeah, so just use it. Yeah, absolutely. There's no reason not to. And so I, it was cool to see the same, you know, animation and everything. And I think you're right, Jimmy. I was looking as we started. I told Matt, I was like, we're going to have to go like, I mean, I watched it, but I, I was watching my phone. I wasn't really like stopping and like looking or whatever. But as I watched it the second time, I was like, wow, there is there's all sorts of little um, I don't like sigils on, on, on like engraved. Into oh, the it's wall a family tree, and, you know? It's yeah, the yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, oh, okay. yeah okay. it's the family tree and it's blood that's running down. If um, I watched, I looked at some things earlier, people who 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 were breaking it down, um, and they were saying like the first thing you see is like the doom of Valyria, and then uh, continues on, and yeah, you get like um, Anies and Megor and stuff like that. Dude, so, we got yeah. some, we got some Valyria, doom of Valyria talk in the show too. To this episode, I was very ecstatic to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good when you can go back to like like their the roots, the lore, and even at the end, right? We got like Corliss and stuff talking about the dragon lords versus the how his family sort of had to almost had more. I mean, like yeah. there was almost more history, right? For for that family. So Great. yeah, everyone in the chat saying in, intro was amazing. And I agree with you, Jimmy. It's definitely for me, I mean, I think and I them choosing to use the same song, uh, it is it's just so iconic. I mean, it is up there with like the most you know, it's, we're, I'm going to look outside of, you know, this, but I mean, when you just talk about all of television, there's, you know, there's, there's definitely intros to shows that are just sort of so iconic, like say like the Simpsons, for example, yeah. I mean, like everyone's seen it, you know, exactly what it is. It's like, it's super iconic and, it, and, you know, there's other ones, um, you know, as well, but I mean, it's, it, it's in that same breath of some of like the best intros of all of television. Everyone knows what it is. So I think I, I think, uh, you know, it has that same sort of feel to it. It actually, to me, feels a little bit closer to like season eight because all the other ones, you know, and season eight was the map as well. But season eight's intro, at least, um, was kind of cool and unique because like the wall had finally fell and then it like went inside like King's Landing and like through the crypts and stuff. Yeah. So it definitely felt a little bit more like that. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I was glad that they switched it up um and still made it feel its own but like they already have a ton of tasks to like you know kind of get people back on board from season eight and then just be a great show like those are hard challenges so like why not take the free w take the best intro of all time for myself and uh if, and, and if, it, if it if it ain't broke don't fix it yeah yeah perfection essentially right um yeah man. yeah it was good it was good um so I guess, you know, like we, we want to kind of comb through because there's so many good scenes. There's so many good things that were done yeah. early on as I'm looking. I'm kind of like scrubbing back through here. I mean, the the lighting, the candle scene, you know, the whole the whole situation there. I mean, just just absolutely gorgeous. Right. This thing was Matt. You said early on, like the lighting for this was so I much feel like better. the lighting. I feel like the lighting. Well, and cinematography in general, you know, one of the things Game of Thrones did. And um, on one hand, it's a little bit of the product of the time. Uh, I don't mean like 
medieval. I mean, like 2012. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there was this sort of thing going on in, a, you saw it a lot in video games, but which also resulted in being in movies and other stuff where there was this sort of like, go back and look at a lot of movies and games and everything that came out around like 2012, 2013. And for whatever reason, everyone really loved this sort of like, brown color palette for everything and like gray and like a green almost as if you put like a filter over it um and here everything feels much more vibrant right like the colors seem to pop more yeah the palette's way better in house of the dragon i'd agree and i think in one hand there's there's so much about that that i actually love because it's also like this is the height of the Targaryen dynasty mm -hmm. right yeah. Whereas in Game of Thrones, like they destroyed the Targaryen dynasties, Robert sort of let the realm run to shambles. War is breaking out, <laughs> and I think that it it kind of works for that too. Yeah. So I yeah. Lo I love both, uh, but I, I I I do just love more of the violence well, here. You're right. Some of that technology it's, now too. Yeah. Cam yeah. It, cameras and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a good point, though, Matt. It makes it makes a lot of sense. It is this um, sort of peak moment for them, I guess, and from Aegon's conquest on, and you know, where they're really coming off the reign of the old king, and and things are good. You know, this is right before uh, the dance where they're going to lose. Uh, spoiler: a lot, a lot of stuff's going to go down. Um, and uh, you have a lot of dragons. They have a lot of dragons. They're 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 in power, and so it's like a bright, vibrant uh, feel. You know, but I, like you said, it's also just an increase in technology, but it's so good. It's so, so well shot. And I think our friend Ryan is, is in here. Sir Ryan was also saying like, you know, the candle, we got candles all over the place. I, they're just using lighting really well. And mm -hmm. it's also like, like you've got intense scenes going on, but you've also got well lit stuff. All the props look good. We were talking about the, like the food and the goblets of wine and it just, it's on another level, you know? Oh, yeah. And another big thing from the original show to this that I'm noticing is that we still have a ton of characters. We still have a major conflict. Um, however, we're not jumping to Essos as much. We're not going to flea bottom with Tyrion. Um, so a lot of it is happening right in court. And I do think that that makes it feel like a little bit of a smaller scoped show. Um, so you're really seeing like scene to scene to scene. Whereas in Game of Thrones, there was a variety of that. And I think that that's kind of a challenge in some ways, but that's why this is such a different show. That's why I said earlier, like, I feel like this is just a much different show. And it's just because of like it happening pretty much all at court. Um, yeah, it's, it's way more of a political drama. Well, like you said, so Viserys, right? You would see a scene with him with one character and then you'd bounce to another scene. Well, there's Viserys again, but with a different character. So we're not really moving uh, like around a whole lot. And uh, you're right. It's it's different. It's a different type of um, you know scope or scale. And I think it's going to right. I mean, we know we know that it's going to uh, expand or whatever. But you've got a real good drama going on with the small council and within the Targaryen family uh, itself. So I feel like yeah. And they've done a really got like a good job with that with the intensity. They're like here at King's Landing and then just off you know down to, to Dragonstone. They've kept the intensity very intense you've got different players yeah. uh on on the small council during the, like doing their thing corliss valerian is bringing it like everything he says is almost like this challenge but also he has the family heritage they've got the money the power the fleet uh so you can really feel the weight of that character when he speaks to the king or when he makes these proposals or when he's affronted mm -hmm. uh it's i mean again a very fascinating way to 
to kind of build the keep it small, but at the same time, the stakes are very big. They're 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 large. There's war um like in the in the stepstones. There's uh I mean they, they make it feel like I never felt like when I guess when I was reading Fire and Blood that Rhaenyra early on like that was it such um was in such peril or that the king felt like yeah. she could be lost in that way. So that's right. That, that was cool. You know, it was good to see. In fact, I would say that's a difference. Uh, Fire and Blood makes it seem like the their relationship is super healthy. Um, it's kind of glanced over, said, hey, he loved her. He named the air, and then it kind of went on. But now we're seeing, you know, obviously we're getting a lot more of the details fleshed out. Let me ask you this, as because yeah. uh, I see people saying, I saw someone say in the chat, and I'm curious as well. Um, this show is very serious, and I knew it was last episode, but I was curious of what, like, the second episode would do. Um, there's not that comic relief that we saw in, in Game of Thrones. And I am actually okay with this. I don't. I don't actually think it calls for humor, um, especially to break right. some of these scenes that are so tense because we got a lot to cover. <laughs> like this, this show's got to move. Um, so I, I don't like forced humor. And Fire and Blood itself didn't have a ton of humor, unless if it was Mushroom, yeah. um, which Mushroom, uh, from what we know, is supposed to be in a background at some point. Right. Okay. You know, he's okay. not going to be a main character. Um, but do you feel, are you feeling that lack of humor and does it bother you or do you think it's fine? You know, un until you brought it up right now, I, I hadn't really felt okay. that. And I guess, you know, Tyrion is such an odd, that brings all that just in, in his his character and the dynamic uh, level at which he performs and everything. It's just Peter Dinklage is, 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 is amazing. Yeah. So I think, you know, in the first episode, as crazy as this sounds, I mean, Damon being with the gold cloaks provides that like in, in a whorehouse yeah. is sort of that we're all kind of chuckling like out oh, there's game of thrones again and that was just enough to get people like okay kind mm -hmm. of i don't know move it like grinning or whatever and then so i mean it, it was a roller coaster last episode in terms of like you know thinking that was kind of funny to like real intense um pregnancy scene and then real intense like stuff with yeah. the gold cloaks and them going out and sort of asserting their dominance and stuff like that so you know i don't really feel like i've I'm sure it will come here and there, but I, I'm with you. Like when you force it and you feel like you need to put a character in like that, eh, you know, that. Um, Cause then you get Braun yeah. again. And yeah. Braun yeah. was shoehorned in those last few seasons, you know, and it, right. I, I felt it was awkward. Uh, so I actually don't believe we need any humor. Um, and there yep. is, and people are saying, you know, Hey, there was a little bit of humor. I know, but I'm saying, you know, I mean, game of Thrones, it was way more overt. Right. Um, this is like, kind of like, you know, that grim humor, like where Damon kind of laughs at Kristen Cole, you know? Yeah. Like, oh oh yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. There's a exactly. little bit there. So I think that that's enough. I, I actually think that we should maintain the kind of, uh, attitude that the show has now throughout. Uh, I don't, yeah. I don't really need the mushroom or, well, or anything else. I, think I, would, right. I would love mushroom to be in it, but you know what I mean? Well, I think though too, like the, it just feels like, especially this time period in this piece and what, what, what's happening is that there's just the intensity will just build to the point where it's just, you know, you, you guys know what's going to happen. It's going to be absolute, you know, craziness. Um, so they've already done a great job of capturing that tension. And I feel like this is ridiculous. I can't believe I'm the guy actually saying this right now, but sometimes that release of tension will come at certain points in different ways. <laughs> it, 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 I can't believe I was the guy who had to make that comment. Yeah, uh, but anyway, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's crazy that that's probably what they're, they're doing. Um, and I'm, I'm with you. I hope there's not some character who comes in. It's just super funny or super, you know, I don't know, just yeah. to kind of throw it at yeah. us or whatever. Uh, and I don't think there will be though. Right. I don't, I don't feel that. No, I don't, I don't feel that's going to happen yeah. at all. I, um, yeah. 
Yeah, yes. it'll be interesting. It'll like be some interesting trash talk. I mean, some trash talk is good to kind of lighten yeah. the mood or whatever, which I like that from from it'll uh, from it'll it'll come. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah, care if it yeah. doesn't though. Like I I, oh, I yeah, don't yeah. I don't think it needs it to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, real quicker, I don't want to necessarily shift gears too far here, but I, I saw this comment I wanted to, and then it caused me to look just a little bit down a rabbit hole here. Um, Daniel saying, very impressed with the dialogue too, given it's all being created by from scratch on this one, which is true. Is that you know this is different than a Game of Thrones, where you you know have the direct source material as opposed to here you're inferring stuff. And that's honestly what makes it kind of cool. We talked about this last week was, you know, you read world of ice and fire and fire and blood, your two sort of history books on this subject. And all it says is that Emma Aaron dies in childbirth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We didn't know, you know, Whoa, that Viserys is kind of involved. That has to make a decision. Yeah. Yeah she's like scared and freaking out and so like that's kind of cool and the same thing we're getting some of that context you know um here uh well, and, here a lot well. of and then i had and then i have and then i have another little direction i want to go with but i'll if you guys want to hit that yeah. then, well, then we can go down this just just real quick so like on on that note of trying to come up with dialogue or whatever and things that that are you know they have to kind of make up like i i guess i i never saw what you know in, in fire and blood you didn't get a sense that that Allison Hightower was being this forced into in, into this or being used in this way. You know what I mean? Like it's awkward. There's a lot of awkwardness that we're seeing on screen and, and it's just, it's just, it's weird. Like even the lane or stuff, like you read it and we don't have visuals for these characters necessarily. And this, mm-hmm. I, the chat was blowing up when, when, uh, is it Lena? Le, 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 what's it? Is it lay? Yeah. Lena. Lena. Yeah, I said yeah. Um, when she shows up and says that somebody said she was like, 12 or he says she's 12 right and somebody was like, uh, so was like she looks like she's eight she's i like thought eight. she, she like eight, eight, i mean it was it was pretty ridiculous but like so seeing these things kind of come uh like come up and seeing the dialogue and seeing the look on viserius face and just hearing what what is said and what her mother said to her it's just it's great they, they're doing a really good job of of taking the spirit or taking things that weren't there and adding in like yeah would the hypothetical what would that be like for Viserys what would that be like for Corliss or for Rainey's and and like you're getting that uh that that sense it's coming through in dialogue and it's coming through in all the acting that we're seeing which is it's awkward as all get out but it's also totally Game of Thrones and it's yeah it's it's cool yeah, the so. actress playing Rhaenyra really did an amazing job oh, this episode especially in, when they yeah, were praying like, really yeah cool. yeah um, okay, so real quick, just uh, one because I was watching some of the behind. They were uh, just I saw it on Twitter because um, they were sharing some of the behind the scenes stuff, and they were talking sort of about like COVID protocols and stuff like that. How this sort of impacted you know some of the show's filming, and they said that what they had to do um, for the scene last week with the tourney, right, was you could actually only film. They filmed like people just doing like their own thing, but that it sort of green screen them and then like populate them all inside the the like the tourney itself um mm-hmm. you know like as in star wars how they did a lot of miniature work and and stuff right. like that where they said normally we would just go get like you know x amount of extras and just fill the seats but they're like you know with covid yep. we can't do that and everything um so you know it's kind of get, going, getting me down this path of like man this show looks so good already and it feels yeah. like just such like a big production next season which was just renewed by the, they just, of course, obviously we knew it was going to come, but you know, you still have to announce it. Cause then you, once it's greenlit, you get to go into all the, you get actually sign contracts and hire people and all of these things. Yeah. So like, 
how much better, right, is season two just going to look in terms of everything when you don't have these COVID restrictions? They said it's going to have a bigger budget, and now it's officially, and now it's officially greenlit. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, you know what's even more amazing is the fact that like season seven and eight definitely uh, kind of rested its its crown on the on the visuals, right? Like it, it, visually stunning, both seven and eight were, but it lacked the substance, whereas this show looks even better, in my opinion, right. and they have so many little subtle things added, like the drag, like, you know, Viserys dropping the dragon figure and it breaking, signifying, mm -hmm. what, you know, a lot of things that could come right. uh, in, in yeah. his his path forward and then her bringing it Allison bringing it back to him instead like little things like that right. um well yeah and it, it just uh so i was been i've been looking up here while you guys have been talking yeah. um you know one of the advantages we we talked about before this show even came out was you have the advantage of when you're making game of thrones like the the, reg, the original show in season one all this stuff is new. You have to build the sets. You have to come up with the CGI. How are we going to do everything? You know, so then by the time you get to season eight, it's like, oh, you know, you have teams in place. You've worked with people for years and years and years. So when this show comes out, you've got still a lot of these props. You've got all the stuff. I'm looking actually through the list here and like so many of the of the crew, like when you look at like like this guy right here, very best. OK, he is a prosthetic mold maker. Mm -hmm. He worked on all of Game of Thrones. He, mm -hmm. he was like, and so it's like now that you have this guy who's got the experience, he did Stranger Things, it's like, and he's doing all of House of the Dragons. So, wow. I mean, if he's, he, and like, uh, here's continuity. Another, right. Chris Lyons, who's like special effects teeth, which you're like, okay, you know, whatever. But like, he worked on all the Game of Thrones. So you have a lot, you brought back, you know, like the directors and the actors and everything are different. But it's just one of the things where we talked about, like, you know, Raman Jawaldi coming back and doing the music. It's what causes it to, have this feel and i just i feel like even now seeing episode two like the weight of like the game of thrones universe mm -hmm. that they're that they're that they're building here just helps amplify everything just like you were saying jimmy like you know the marble all the attention to detail it's because you've got a lot of the same like cameramen and a lot of the same other people who all worked on game of thrones so it's just like you're at such a better position and I think we're seeing it every second because this show is just so visually stunning. Yeah. I mean, all the, all, yeah, all, all the shots. And like you said, so if they're going to build out this, this um, Westeros verse, you bring in other people around these guys who were there from the beginning, start training them. They're working under them. They then move into these other shows or whatever. Like it's smart. I mean, it's smart because people, you know how people are, right? They're going to be analyzing the teeth on the dragon. They're going to be analyzing the scale. Right, they're going to yeah. be analyzing the armor and all. They're right. So when you have nothing there to kind of say, oh, you know, look at that, right? Yeah. You're then just nothing, nothing stands out at you uh, that's like off or wrong or whatever feels weird. And so you're like just locked in the story. Nothing takes you out of it. You know, so that's that's good. That's a great move. And because then then the story, as Jimmy was saying, too, is so um, like there's such, uh, I don't know, intrigue in what these characters are saying to one another. And there's just a lot of substance. Right. So whereas we were talking like, like season eight and the dialogue going down and what's really happening and, and the stakes or whatever. Um, it's crazy because the stakes actually feel really high in this i mean i know they were high in season eight i know there was you know again the the night king and everything but i don't know it just feels really really um high really really intense even though this is just like some 
you know, uh, skirmish out here. It's not really, it's, it's less about the skirmish in, on the stepstones or really who's going out to deal with it and what that means right. symbolically, yeah. you know? And so, yeah. And we got, yeah. I, I see some things in the chat about secondary characters and stuff too. They'll get fleshed out. I yeah, mean, we had eight seasons with the other ones. You gotta, <laughs> right, right, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. True. Corliss Valerian in episode one was like, we saw him like twice, you know? Yeah. Now it's like, okay, well, hold on. Now he's doing some stuff with Damon behind the scenes and he was spurned a little bit by the king. And I mean, think about Stannis know. and Renly. I mean, they're very, I mean, Stannis, Stannis doesn't even show up until season right? two. Yeah. So like, just give it time. You know, it's hard to take a, a total eight seasons and all these side characters to get so much more. Yeah. I, th I think, I think we give him some time. It'll flush out for sure. Yeah. Like, like Kristen Cole, for example. Well, okay. We saw him again, you know, and yeah. he, yeah. Kind of seems like he's going to be taking a bigger role, and he has a huge role, <laughs> like uh, go, going forward. But it probably won't even be until end of season one, season right. two, before he really becomes a big player. Yeah. So just in terms of substance and what what's kind of going on here, and I guess for people who who have uh, read the book, and even if you haven't, you're well. I guess I guess I want to talk to people who have read the book. If if and I'm not going to do any spoilers here for for anything to come, really, but like. Things were done in this episode. Uh, decisions were made by Rhaenyra that are super kind of ironic and will, like, if you've read it, there, there's a dramatic irony already building right there. Like, oh, my, oh like, oh my gosh. Like, we didn't know uh, necessarily how, like, how he was chosen. We didn't know. We didn't know all these different things. And so we're getting these extra details that make it almost setting up some bittersweet stuff down the line. So I guess for your book readers, that's really good. And then also, right, that's a part of the ride. If you haven't read anything and you have no idea what's going on, you're like, okay, something's up here between uh, Rhaenyra and, and she likes, she actually, smart decision. Sir Kristen has the battle experience, makes a lot of sense. Uh, and she seems to be really kind of, I don't know, like, like, like showing off that, not, not showing off, but showing that she, um, has an understanding of how things work. Like she, she, she feels the weight of being the air and she's walking around like she is the air. So that feels really cool too. But yeah, there's just a lot of little things that are set up, I think down the line that are going to be ironic and really interesting to watch unfold. So love it. Yeah. Uh, good question here. Is it worth reading fire and blood? Now I have, I, so the, uh, the sort of good thing about this story and the bad thing is, there's actually multiple different the dance of the dragons has by far the most content of anything outside of the main series in terms of like where things are told. Um, so originally this is kind of the history on this. George wrote two novellas, just little short sort of synopsis histories. One is called the rogue prince and the other is called the princess and the queen, the blacks and the greens. Um, those have been sort of broken down and expanded upon, and they were initially put into, let me grab it. Um, just going to knock everything over here. <laughs> <laughs> just because I happen to have it here. Uh, the World of Ice and Fire. So oh you bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at bet MGM. Simply download the bet MGM app and sign up using code champion 150. Then 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So you can read this book, um, which I sort of prefer over Fire and Blood. And actually, a lot of the information is is actually the exact same information Yeah. um, from it, just because I think some people don't some people hear fire and blood, but you don't actually have to read fire and blood. You could read uh, the world of ice and fire, which I sort of prefer, but you could go fire and blood route. If you want, it's a little more sort of like a history book in the way it's um, told. I find it incredibly boring and dry. Uh, but, How dare uh, <laughs> you, sir? Some people are in here. Well, saying. no, I mean, it, but the world of ice and fire section is, um, is uh, taken from fire and blood essentially. Um, yeah, it's just the information is dis, is kind of just it. Fire and Blood is more sort of like a like reading a history book, like straight through. Whereas this they both jump around a little bit, but this focuses on like this. is the, These are like the key events of this king's reign. Then it moves to the next king. Then it moves to the next king. Whereas that I don't know. I don't really like that. I feel like it just is all over the place. Damn. But. Some of it is word for word the exact same thing. Like Aegon's conquest is word for word the exact same thing in this book as it is in the other book. Yeah, there's just things there. There's little uh, bits that you know there'll be an extra. They're, di- they're different. Yeah, or there's some or... stuff that's in World of Ice and Fire that's not in Fire and Blood, and there's some stuff in Fire and Blood that's not in World of Ice and Fire. Right. And some yeah. of the history comes from lines and and you know like little history lessons that somebody goes over in the main in the main series. Yeah, I, I think if, if folks wanted to read it, you know, de- definitely it's um, there is some really fun, intriguing stuff. And you, you almost kind of have to decide what type of show experience do you want to have? Right. Do you want to go into this mm-hmm. and not and just really be along for that ride? You know, some stuff I just I earlier I said there are some things that are set up here by the showrunners by Gurm that are really interesting that make things that happen later on really kind of ironic and really dramatic but you also right now would be blind to those yeah. if you if you hadn't read and that's okay too so you know yeah. yeah so actually the world of ice and fire does not reference fire and blood fire the world of ice and fire came out like years ago it's much older than fire and blood fire and blood was like 2017 right or or 20 when was it did it come out after season eight or did it come out before season it was, eight? It was before season eight. It was like, yeah, it was it was it was before season eight. Um in 
in universe no i mean in universe i don't know it's just it's all just sort of information and there's just kind of but dis- they're directly it really com- comes from those novellas that yeah they're the like same the 90s. yeah they're the same yeah. so it's still a frame it's still a framed recall uh recollection of it so you still have mushroom and you still have um um eustace i think it's eustace or, uh, um, no um archmaster gildane there you go so you still have those two so i mean they're it's it's almost essentially the same thing except obviously like what's around that right yeah and fire and blood is actually sort of getting rewritten later this year to be this style of book where it's like got like the thing i like about this is it has like just awesome artwork uh, and it's like a big it's a big thing but they're redoing it later this year and it's gonna i think it's called reign of the dragon right yeah um, and it's gonna be this style of book and it's gonna be the same thing yeah yeah. So again, just to, you know, decide the experience you, you uh, want to have. And I, I think we, we are, cause we're kind of, there's advantages, like, there's advantages and disadvantages to both. I'd say, because it was like yeah. last week and like right now, like this episode we're we're sort of um, excited by stuff because it doesn't even necessarily directly say like with last week with Emma Aaron's death, mm-hmm. Hey, she dies in childbirth. Okay. Yeah, if you're interested in adaptation and like in finding out who would like what obje- you could say objectively happened, even though obviously show canon is different from book canon, um, I think it'd be worth the uh, reading it. But if you have not yet, then I, like you don't care about that stuff. You don't care about adaptations and like how they take text. I, I wouldn't read it yet because you can just be surprised each week. Um, but I've read it. And I'm still being surprised. Yeah, uh, yeah because because we don't yeah. have all the details and there's changes too. this. This episode changed some stuff from the yeah. books. So, yeah. Well, one of the things that so we were talking about, like Viserys, and we, we noticed this first episode and we noticed what well, was the maggots this episode were eating the, yeah. the dead his flesh finger. on his on his finger. He's I think feel like every episode that he's getting cut up. I Something's mean, he's got some I, I don't know what it is. He's moving around on that throne too much or ants in his pants or something. Um, I would get on there and just settle down. You know what I mean? But anyways, he's getting cut up. And so there's been a lot of. Uh, you know without the show we don't exactly know i don't remember if we know it like exactly why he later on what you know i don't know how much we're going to reference as to things happen later on but anyways we're learning some things about those who sit on the iron throne and we're learning about some of his cuts and nicks here and there and it's it's interesting yeah i think it's pretty clear it's not grayscale i know some people were kind of speculating that it's definitely not um and that finger doesn't look good boys it doesn't look good no i know the fact that he keeps getting like cut here and there, just different injuries or what, whatever. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. So yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. What else you got, Jimmy? I was gonna say, you know, I mean, he got that cut when he was sending Damon away. It's very uh, oh yeah, right very on yeah. purpose. And this is six months down the road, so obviously it's grown infected. So right, right. Um, what did you get? So just um, so when she, the, the the whole moment where she picks Sir Kristen Cole, did you guys like that? Like how how that was, um, you know, because we didn't know that, did we? We didn't know how. We just knew that he sort of wore her favor, but that's never. It's not normally how they're how the Kingsguard is picked, right? Yeah, I mean that was the yeah. beginning of Rhaenyra kind of taking agency for herself. This is the Rhaenyra episode in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it was really cool to see her kind of step up and go from, you know, misspeaking and having this connection with her father. Uh, you know, she, she spoke out in the small council and then, you know, kind of step back a little bit. She actually then ends up, though, following through on that same idea by being a dragon rider and going out with with Otto, which is which is pretty cool. But yeah, the, the way she's sort of trying to step into those shoes, you know, being the heir or whatever was was pretty awesome. I saw someone else in the chat who was talking a lot about 
her, her, the chemistry, the, the acting that's going on between Rhaenyra and Damon and just the way they like, it's almost like there's a smirk on like Rhaenyra's face when she's like, you know, like, especially in episode one. And then even in this, there was still sort of a, what are you going to do? Uncle really like, what's up? I'm here. The tension, the tension's there. Yeah, yeah, there's a different type of tension that is there or whatever, but she's sort of like, I. it's almost like she, she's very smart. She's very intelligent. As Jimmy said, this has definitely been her episode to kind of, you know, come forward and shine and, and, and step into that on, on the air role. She's getting surprised here at the end with the small council and the decision to marry Allison Hightower, but she, her showing up there was, was a big deal. I, actually, I also think it even showed Damon something, too. I think he saw an av- he tosses the egg back. Uh, and I think he saw something in her that, you know, might have him thinking a little bit and he's sort of weighing his options and, and he is sort of play. He's, he's, he's like, I don't know. He's playing with fire. Right. I mean, he wants to, he would, I don't think he would really, he's not going against his brother, but he wants his due. He wants to be the heir. He wants to, and this is ridiculous. And actually Rainey's kind of confirms uh, in her conversation to Rhaenyra, what Damon is saying, let's stop playing. Like I'm, I'm, I'm your brother. I'm your brother. I'm, I'm the second born son. We're not, it was, this was already decided in the council of 101 AC, right? This is already We've already determined that we're not going to pass it on to a woman. That's just not going to happen. And so Rainey's is saying that Damon is saying, what's going on. Quit joking and just step up and make me your guy. And it's not happening. So anyways, it's just really interesting to see their dynamic and to see uh, Rhaenyra kind of, um, I don't know, just be, be, as strong as she is with with her with her with her uncle, but she's got this confidence being a dragon rider, and I, I just I love their dynamic. I love the I love every scene with those two together. So, yeah, definitely, and I think it's 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 more compelling than just like an A versus B because like Damon is a very compelling character in all of this, right? And then you have the Valerians, and then you have Rhaenyra also wanting her claim. And now Allison is with, I mean, there's just so many sides to this equation. Uh, and my wife turned to me and she's like, I have no idea what's going to happen. And I was like, good. Yeah. That's exactly right. What yeah. we want. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, here we go. Yeah. Same. I'm rooting for them, which is weird, but whatever. Right. Yeah. I, what do you guys, what do you guys think? Because even, you know, like we sort of know which side we're on just from having read the books. But I mean, I think it's fair to say, like, going into this with not having read the books, I think you could be like, all right, well, I'm on team. People don't even know it's green or blacks yet, but I'm on kind of team auto. I tower. I am a little Jimmy's like, what? So hold on. Let's reframe that. I thought Matt was going to say just team Hightower. And I was going to say, Allison, absolutely. Otto, I mean, he's well, I would say, yeah, but I mean, right, but I mean, (laughs) but the thing is, though, Allison is very much like when when you watch her, like we like her. I am dry, I think she's she, I think, okay, she's just a pawn in this game, and you have you have a sympathy card being played there on the audience in terms of like her what's happening, and so she's in here, and also she's really comforting that she's very, she seems very genuine, she's definitely comforting something with the king or something. wearing a mother's dresses i mean you know and right so it is it's it's interesting because i like allison i'm not a you know auto i'm like dude you're what's this what's up here but but he's see trying to get them he, in the i, I mean, would say though i would say though that you know i think that i i i think you i think there are probably some people out there that are already team auto we see we're viewing it unfortunately with the eyes of people who have an idea of what's going on but 
Damon's the one who's like a reckless cannon. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Otto's seems pretty much like he knows what he's doing so far. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they actually haven't really shown him so far to be sort of like, oh, a backstabbing, conniving person, other than that one look towards Corliss Valerian. And sending his daughter to seduce the king and in her dead mother's dress. Well, I mean, he, what said, are you do? <laughs> he said comfort. He should comfort the king. Where would your mother just dress? Well, hold on. Okay, but hold on a second. What's more, what what's more ridiculous? Otto Otto Hightower saying you should go comfort the king, or Corliss Valerian saying marry my like six year old daughter. Okay, like, I I never said I was Team Corliss either. Now, uh, well, I'm this guy. Okay. All right, 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 right. It is it is it is kind of funny though because you know those people who are Team you know Rhaenyra will and and she's awesome, right? She's she's I mean just epic. I feel like it's easy to be Team Rhaenyra. Well knowing what we know and knowing the team members that will be there later. It's odd. It's, it's, it's this awkwardness that you're like, yeah, I mean, right, right so. now it feels like there's far more than two teams. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, that, which is great. That's the whole element that we want. We want to know, you know, like what's going on, who's going to stab right. who in the back, you know, who's, who's trying yeah, to what made game of Thrones special was there was like, you know, five people that could win. Right. I mean, yeah. So, you know, what's interesting about Allison. So somebody said that she has got Cersei aspirations. I'm wondering and I'm not um, uh, what you guys think about that, because I don't know that. Like, I felt like when I read I don't the think book, she does right yet. Right. When I read the book, that was what I felt. Right. I felt like, OK, yeah, she right. and Ottawa, she's in on this. She totally wants to, you know, pursue this. But seeing the nervousness and seeing the, oh, yeah, the, right. the it's it's very unclear as to what she how she feels about this. You know? uh, I, th- I think it's very clear how she feels. I-, I think that this is one of the main differences from the book. The book is very ambiguous about it and kind right. of just, you know, uh, maybe she yeah. went and all Jaharis, but in the show, I think it's obvious that she, sh- she's supposed to be sympathetic and that yeah. she's kind of being forced. I, yeah, I don't see the, yeah. See, it's interesting because when we read the book, it's like, we see her, her, the path that she ultimately goes down. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, Oh, she is a power hungry Cersei like character. But right here, you right. know, so then we then we look in hindsight at like, well, she was in the room when King Jaharis died, and then she's also in the room when another king dies. Um, you know, so it's like, okay, but I don't believe for a second that the Alice that we're seeing on TV could have sort of done King Jaharis in. Unless yeah. it was unless it was like really for like forced by her father or something, you know. What I mean, which we whatever probably yeah, see, and the variance right? in age matters a lot too because in the book she's older she's not the same age as mayor they're not best friends mm-hmm. right so right, like that right. that her being aged down actually makes her more sympathetic as well mm-hmm. um and yeah. she I, yeah I, the show allison absolutely did not off jaharis in any way facet anyway yeah. right form so yeah and and i don't know it's just really cool to kind of see that yeah that's one of those changes that george talked about right that i think is this is a good thing he's he's realizing you know aging her down or uh making her making more of a a sympathy play for her is is good it helps people sort of pick their their side uh because they're friends too you're sort of like okay now i see the setup here i see rhaenyra and you you know rhaenyra's named heir and literally all this whole episode was talking about choosing a wife so that you could produce like you could strengthen the line and you could make more heirs and mm-hmm. that's yeah. her friend Rhaenyra watching her friend be chosen by her father I mean it's just great yeah it's that great. moment of them locking eyes was pretty great 
yeah, yeah. talk about an awkward meeting i mean two people storm out of that and it's just it's awkward as i get out so okay um, so let's sort of move into predictions for next week now unfortunately well i guess fortunately or unfortunately i if you have watched the preview for next week you can see kind of a little bit of what's what's going on if you haven't then maybe i don't know tune out for a second because i'm gonna talk about it just because we already saw it but i mean without seeing anything i think it's pretty obvious we're doing the step stones next week yeah right mm -hmm. the war of the war of the step stones is going to sort of start um so i'll just leave it at that but yeah. now having seen the preview for next week as did you watch it we you watched yeah it i did live with yeah me. okay so it looks like we're at a we're at a little over a year time jump. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there is there is already a male baby from Allison. Fast. And yeah. So he's so we've already got that going on. Right. Um, and we do see some of the war of the stepsons. I don't know that they're going to. I feel like it's this episode's going to be a little bit more Damon since he wasn't in it as much uh, this episode. And it's just going to sort of just show us. Here's a little bit more. It is now Queen Allison, you know, Hightower. Yeah. And and she really does. I think she's wearing like a red dress in that or whatever, which is interesting. Right. She's sort of taken a shift in, in colors a little bit. Right. Uh, and you also see in that like Viserys talking to um, to Rhaenyra about it's time for her to wed. So it feels super like, you know, in like it, it's a miss almost maybe like a little bit of a misstep. So had this have happened a year earlier in episode two where he said or even talked to Corliss before beforehand and say hey I have, an, I have this bright idea uh i'm i'm going to unite our houses but here's how i'm gonna do it um i'm gonna you know my daughter my heir will then be you know betrothed to your son and there we go they now clearly that he didn't think that that doesn't happen uh and it's fine because again the timeline with all of this and everything and how they they the, the war needs to happen and damon and as as Corliss is saying at the end of this last episode he and damon need to prove themselves that well don't need to but they're going to and they're going to kind of step up and their second sons and they're gonna you know uh ha have have their moment here so it will be really cool to kind of see that it almost makes you think that like by doing that, by 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 stepping up and doing what they want to do and showing how much power that fleet has, that Viserys then counters and saying, you know what? Okay, I can't. I messed up earlier. Now I can't let this this alliance go. I need to offer up my daughter. Right. I need I need to send my daughter to House Valerion with Lainor. And so that seems like that's going to be the big convo. So, uh, well, Jimmy. Uh, well, I just saw I, I actually just skimmed through the look ahead for episode three. And yeah, it's definitely going to be Damon heavy and it looks sick. Yeah, looks sick. Yep. Um, so here's a question. Since we are getting a baby boy uh, next episode and we happen to know that that baby boy is Aegon the second Targaryen. Do you think that name is chosen? Do you why do we think that name is chosen? Now that we know a little bit more about potentially some of the things, you know, um, potentially secrets of like White Walkers or Targaryen visions. Yeah, we yeah. might need we might need an Aegon on the throne. Yeah, uh -huh. it, it seems like it's a very on purpose choice rather than just being like, it's time for another Aegon. Like it has no meaning, good right? all guys. Yeah. So because yeah. you wonder about changes and things that might that might um, that might happen here. I mean, again, he's he's said even in this episode, again, 
moving forward that Rhaenyra is his heir. And we know in the book he keeps to that uh, for quite some time. But is something else kind of going on in the back of his mind? Is there another play here or or what's the deal? You know, how, how does he how, how does he, I guess, keep that um, not be how does he you know not be estranged from his daughter? and yet move forward with his line like what's more important i mean you know it's i wonder if they're gonna make any changes yeah because we know yeah we know what happened yeah we know what happens and yeah. so for, we so, don't for want, we, yeah we're trying not to yeah not yeah, to go. trying not to super go down the it's gonna the make things even more complicated yeah for sure so he has a son and it's like okay so now i mean let's just go over what's we, we, you guys have seen it you, you you know that he has a son uh with allison right that that's, it, that's, that's it's in it's in the preview it's in the preview. So mm-hmm. Damon now is even so. So now there is no more like, oh, okay, you have a daughter. I'm still, I still should be. So Damon's now out like that whole play, right. Is, is sort of is out for Damon is out. So now what do you do? And so I think that's, that's some, some, uh, you know, food for people to kind of chew on a little bit and think about, yeah, what does Damon do now that Viserys actually does have an heir. And I think that that child looked pretty well, pretty healthy um you know what i mean so well in the books in the books in the books allison doesn't like lose a baby so right no I mean, she's, she she has a baby who is then Aegon the second targaryen and right right you know we progress we, we progress we progress forward there so you know there was that other there was that other thing where we saw rhaenyra reading a little bit more into that prophecy is that next episode could very well be could yeah very well be Right, right, yeah. Tr- trying to because that is the interesting part now is that the the air matters and passing down this information and and keeping yeah you know lo- looking you know far ahead. Uh, the fact that he's named Aegon is interesting. You don't just idly choose that name. I mean, there's a lot of other names that they could have chosen to to name him after, but it seems like Viserys has really taken this piece of information, this uh, bit that's passed down from Aegon the Conqueror to heart a little bit and really, right. really value sort of passing this on to his heir. And he's done that with Rhaenyra. They set that up perfectly. So right. now you have a young, um, you know, his, he's got a, this, this, again, a child, right? So like Rhaenyra is not right. going to be, and we're not all of a sudden, there's still years to go until that child would come of age. And so Viserys actually doesn't have to say or do anything right for, for yeah, quite right. some time, which is, which is good. Keeps the peace a little bit, but that's all those years where Rhaenyra, as that child grows, does that threaten her claim? And then people swore an oath, loyalty to her. So, yeah. Um, do you guys like the change that um, basically Damon and uh, Corliss are going to go down against the king's orders? Whereas in Fire and Blood, uh, the king actually is fine with it. Like, it's not even a big deal. He's like, let him play down there so he doesn't bother me at court kind of deal. That yeah. I think that could still happen. Because just because we have the time jump, he yeah. could be like focused. He could be focused on more stuff. So I think that could st- that could still happen, but he may not know that they were really planning on it, sort of behind his back. Yeah. Well, it's definitely. I mean, even the like the discussion of it being a problem and not wanting to go to war with the free cities is like completely omitted in Fire and Blood. So I I actually right. kind of like it because I think it makes Damon even more of a rebel. Like because some people feel like we kind of lost a bit of his like rebelness in episode one by giving him so much sympathy like whenever he's in the you know he's in the middle of the orgy and he's like short stroking you know he's like he can't you know what i mean (laughs) so so i kind of like 
<laughs> that it put some more eggs in the chaos basket for Damon. Yeah, I mean, so he's, he's the rogue <laughs> prince. Yeah, you're right. Like, it's like all this. Where, where does um, you, what, we have to kind of play that up a little bit. And so I think the Stepstones is the right spot to do it, where he's sort of that rebel. Because even at the end, too, like the end of the first episode, he gets told yeah. by the series. Like, he gets a, you know, really comes after him. So, yeah, to see him not go where he was, but not go back to his wife, uh, go down to Dragonstone, and then continue the plotting and the scheming. Yeah, it's cool. And Masaria is also like a <laughs> Masaria is supposed to be an old bag of bones, you know, from the books. And she's young. I feel like I think if there's like one character that's going to be drastically different, I think Masaria is going to play a role like right. further into the series. Whereas in the book, you right. know, she, yeah. she's kind of left alone. Do we think she's glamored? She's like a Melisandre glamour. She actually <laughs> is older. I could see it. I kind of hope I hope not in a way. I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to see what they do with it. Um, but yes, she could be. I think she definitely could be because because she because like her rumor. they well that they were like they were pretty specific in giving her the the series of dialogue where she's like oh I want freedom, you know and like that was I don't know it was kind of like a I mean it was a good little chunk of the episode to yeah. kind of build her I mean they definitely spent time building her character definitely I I, so I that, that's gonna I be like important she, yeah she's gonna be a, a bigger player in this right I think. Right now, she kind of feels, I guess, you know, it, I don't know if it's a fair or unfair comparison. Does she, she kind of feels like Shay a little yep. bit. I agree. Um, just because I don't know that she now, now Shay's role is totally different in that she, um, you know, was really kind of put there, seems like, by Tywin to sort of ultimately get one over on, on Tyrion and then um, that. But her past is still totally unexplored in the books and is still a, an enormous mystery um but i mean she just kind of feels like that same like type of character like we're gonna get her story but i feel like we'll never know all the details on it yeah i would agree I'd so agree. it in refresh i mean I, I could be wrong about this but she's more of a like is yeah she's the mistress of whispers Mm -hmm. And she's she definitely she plays a bigger sort of I don't know like maybe a spy or like a Varys um, role yeah, yeah yeah like like and it didn't feel like that at all in this episode that's who she was you she's know? definitely a little bit mysterious right because she kind of says like maybe you should go get I think she says like a platinum haired girl to Damon right in the mm -hmm. first you know kind of hinting at yeah. certain things right great um, yeah great comment here too sorry uh, so Melissa says the book is a biased opinion though. Mm -hmm um and she is different so she you know she doesn't want power and isn't pregnant very curious and that is something to remember about um yep. about whatever history version of of it you read is that they're both written by mushroom and archmaster godain so they're both unreliable narrators yeah. well it's also like that fill in the blood so when, when you read it it says that she again just lost she went to the free cities with a child and lost that child and really that's just the story probably given out by damon later on when asked about that well right. she lost the child i mean like and hmm. then somebody in the histories wrote that down okay that's what happened but damon that's not what happened you know we just got sort of uh uh you know we got to see that so i think that's again that's that's the stuff we talked about pre-show before this ever came out we said there's tons of things that they can kind of that was something i mean that's a little change that you're thinking like okay why would that be even like what like why make that change well you make that change to show just how i don't know just it plays up damon's character and just what he's willing yeah. to kind of do to get to his brother or to to kind of uh i don't know get attention or whatever so 
Well, and I also think that her not being pregnant is probably a pretty good indicator because uh, in the in the book, she's pregnant, right? The show, she's not. I think it's a pretty good indicator that she's going to be around longer and that she'll have yeah. a, a role to play. Right. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping too that so she wanted that security, but she definitely could be somebody who who starts to grow into a role of, um, you know, spies and, and having and, and, and having some, you know, agents or whatever inside the Red Keep and all that kind of stuff, which is what she will do later on. Interesting character, mm-hmm. though, and definitely totally feels different than what we had in the books. But I I like it. You know, and the, the other big thing it reminds you of, too, is that the, dra- the dragons, the dragons are power. Power is having a dragon. And so being protected by Damon, that's she may have some powers or be glamored or or have connections or whatever. But the ultimate power here right now is dragons. And that's like flat out right. established. So which yeah. is good. So that's why she's with one. So, yeah. yep. Awesome. Okay, guys. Well, any last thoughts here uh, on 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 the episode going forward? Now we're we'll have to figure out what we want to do for next week. I guess, um, Jimmy. What time do you fly it on Monday? Uh, Five a.m. or something. Okay. Oh wow, uh, it's way too early. There's no way. So, okay, yeah. so it might just be me and Ez, and yeah. I don't know. I don't think we can do anything live like on Sunday. But I think as this, an I, I might, got this bad boy right here. I well, we just... can definitely we can definitely bang out a quick YouTube short or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, certainly, uh, I think Monday morning, as and I can do it live stream my wedding because nothing nothing goes with the wedding like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um certainly monday as and i will will record something uh and get that up and then maybe later in the week we can all we can all do something like on thursday or something just like a bigger uh a a bit a a big bigger thing i'll be in hawaii then and we'll uh, we'll do it from hawaii and and whatever living it i I just bought i just literally bought like a good like usb Condet- like travel microphone so i can have you know good quality while i'm on vacation because i freaking love you guys and i love the stream so yeah. yeah matt i will say you know i mean people been asking for it they're wondering about the betting ceremony patreon right as to the <laughs> jesus christ i mean if we can't if we can't do the live stream we gotta make up for it somehow <laughs> Teresa's gonna kill me someone said are there crabs in hawaii have to, uh, oh, have to be vacations vacations are coming i i am going to hawaii they have volcanoes there, you know, perhaps the doom of Valerius. Oh my God. Oh God. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to the stepsons. That's kind of like the stepsons of, you know, the yeah. States, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Awesome. So not, so nonetheless. So, okay guys. Well, um, great episode two. Thank all you guys for coming and listening to the podcast. for watching here on YouTube, doing the hangout. Certainly the following week, we will definitely be back live um so not this sunday but whatever the sunday is after that so you have the fourth which we will not be live but the 11th we will definitely be back covering episode four um jimmy i think you'll you'll be back on right yeah so uh for anyone that's curious i did put out a video this week on my channel the fantasy network and it is the major differences between fire and blood and the show and i'm going to be doing that weekly so i will have that for episode two and then later next week for episode three as well so if you want to check that out you know feel free 
Yes, and Ez and I will be covering Rings of Power on our Heroes of the Horn Wheel of Time thing. Jimmy, are we, did you still want to do something for that? Yeah, what we'll, do you see, think, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'm going to watch the, <laughs> I'll watch the premiere and we'll see how we feel. Uh, flip I mean, with, uh, toss a coin, right? I'm you so know. in right now. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so nonetheless, but definitely we'll have tons of, we'll have a lot more videos and everything coming um, to you guys here. So, so stay tuned for that. Hope you guys have a great uh week and certainly a great next sunday um but we will be back with plenty more jimmy where can people find you on the internet you can find me here on youtube at the fantasy network uh it's down in the description below and uh, i would love to have you guys over there and then you can find me at the flock of ellie on twitter but i don't tweet that much anymore so you know feel free if you want but youtube's the main place you can find me Absolutely. And you find me anywhere on the internet, Super Games Bros, as anywhere at Womprat underscore 2M. Guys, we will be back. Um, I wanted to make some sort of joke about short stroking and coming, but you know, we'll just uh we'll just uh we'll just leave it with winter is coming.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.